And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. Hey, fellas, what's up? What's, what's up? What's up? It is the beautiful uh, Sunday. A beautiful Sunday, yeah. This is coming out on Thursday, but everybody, just a peek behind the curtain. We're recording this on Sunday. Yeah, we don't always record it right before releasing it. Yeah, usually we record these live. They go as you're <laughs> listening to it, we're recording them live. Um, but this time, this one time, we are pre-recording the show. End of an era. End of yeah, that's right. I think we should do this from now on, actually. Uh, cool. Well, now that we've gotten that hot bit of trivia out of the way, let's uh. <laughs> let's talk about some movies we've seen. Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something <laughs> breakfast. Movies we've seen. Robert, start us off. Ooh, movies we've seen. Let me get my list. Um, well, I watched a, a little movie, and hey, I hope it gets some press and makes a little money. Eternals. Mm. But I will not speak about that right now. There's a chance we'll review that on the show, but I did see it. I can confirm it's a film, and I saw it. Wow. Yep. Um. Yeah, excited to talk about it with you guys at some point. Um, I was at uh, an alcoholic establishment, a bar, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they have a VHS player and lots of tapes that you can kind of like see kind of in uh, little cabinets and things. And when one movie ended, I was like, are you taking, did you, were you put, lighting and putting something else on or do you have a suggestion or anything where you take suggestions? And they were like, yeah, sure. And I said, um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So watched the majority of that, I've obviously I've seen it a ton of times, but stayed around for a bit and watched, you know, a good chunk of it because uh, that movie rocks. And it's so funny. And even in the bar setting where like this one didn't have like the sound blaring. So like I've I've seen it enough that I know what's happening in every scene and it's still like enjoyable just to like watch. So um, I really, really like that about it. I heard on the uh, uh, on the 20th anniversary DVD that you have a get a bonus audio track of uh, of uh Oh, I can't think of his name. Paul Rubens in the theater. I knew where you were going with it. And he's like, oh man, I'm jacking off right now. <laughs> 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 um, boy, we are we are something. We are something, aren't we? <laughs> um uh Jamie and your sister uh hadn't finished The Empty Man when I watched it um on I talked about it on our last episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I rewatched some of that with them. I like it. It's a weird weird movie but i think there's some cool stuff going on in it and it's a kind of a quieter slow burn horror film so another another recommendation wow. upon, two a, we- upon another viewing i can confirm i still like it two episodes in a row still rep- recommending the empty man <laughs> that's it yeah i'm basically i, mean, I just you say i'm just like saying the exact same things from the last episode <laughs> and at this part andrew you now say um and then last night we watched uh the harder they fall which oh is yeah new- i watched that too Oh, did you really? Well, then that will might be a good segue, but I enjoyed it. It was a big, uh, big cast and almost there's not, there's white people in it, but it's all of the main characters and, and all, most of the side characters are 
uh, black, and there are a ton of people in it. Idris Elba, um, uh, Zazie Beetz, uh, freaking oh gosh, so many pe- uh, so many people I can barely name any of them. Um, <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield. Um, You'd be better off naming people who aren't in the movie, right? Yes, yes, so yes, yes. People. All these people that aren't even in it. Um, no, it's really good, and it kind of intros by saying like, this story is fictional, or what is it like? these people are fictional, but the stories are not kind of implying like, I guess like 25, it's, something like it, that. I think it says the, the stories are fictional, but these people were real. Yeah, I guess it's implying like these kinds of things happened and you just don't get a lot of stories about that. Um, and, and like, I thought I heard some stat that was like 25% of like cowboys and people like out in the West at that time were like black. So it kind of, it is kind of crazy when you consider like how, few of them end up popping up in those movies. I mean, obviously like Hollywood being what it is over all the years, just not what wouldn't have happened, but um, cool to see such a huge cast like that. Um, And I love me a Western and I'm still kind of playing Red Dead and stuff. So it's sort of, I'm just kind of like in that zone right now. uh, I really enjoyed it. And also kind of some anachronistic sort of language. Like they definitely said stuff that seemed to be much more of like a phrase or something that you would hear nowadays as opposed to back then. But that was like, you know, a stylistic choice. And also um, the music, which, you know, I feel like there's a lot of different kinds of music in Westerns, but there was a lot of black artists on the soundtrack and some reggae and some cool stuff that I felt like you didn't get to hear in Westerns normally. So I really appreciated. I loved the just like a different angle of of a story like that. I, th- I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I'd seen. What do you think about it, Max? Uh yeah, I thought a lot of the same things. I thought it was a fun one. I thought it's a good Western. Uh, I wish it was a little bit dustier uh, for a Western. It's uh, It's got kind of over-the-top uh, violence. But it does, not until like the last act mostly, but yeah. Mostly, but there's still some early on. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, it was good. I thought it was a little bit um, self-indulgent for... Uh, jay-z to put himself on the on the track uh, like on the the album i think he's an executive producer he's like produced too yeah and he's like oh you know what'd be a good song jay-z song (laughs) his name appears right uh after they play uh his remix of uh what is old town road at the Mm. very beginning so i was like all right sean carter I know and then, and, and it's diegetic. Yeah. The music appears in the world, and they're like, "Oh, this is like that new Jay Z song." Oh, good. Yeah, this yeah. Is pretty, yeah. I love this. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, gonna but, buy this album <laughs> of, of or of, of Victophone or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, yeah, it was a great, uh, great movie, great cast. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. It there were some times where the the music did take me out of it, where like Zazie Beetz sings some song and, and mentions like separate but equal. I was like, I don't know if that was really a terminology that was used back in the in. Yeah, but it was all that was all like a stylistic thing because they were like yeah. saying stuff like just even just the phrases between each other just like didn't really jive with like the time period. So I I kind of I didn't bother me really. There was some stuff like that I didn't I didn't mind. I wouldn't say it, it bothered me, but it did take me out of the movie. You seem itself, pissed, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I threw my TV away and got another one. What? Much just smaller. You, you need to Something's wrong with this yeah. damn TV. I don't like this movie. 
watch the rest of it on a smaller TV so I wouldn't have to see quite so much of it. As it turns out, his TV was playing Spotify over the movie, and that's why he was having a hard time. He's <laughs> this like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the hell, there's an uh, ad in the middle of this movie? <laughs> Uh, another thing I watched was Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. Wow. The hell? It's an older movie uh, starring Grand Moff Tarkin as Victor the character? Frankenstein. As, oh, as Dr. Frankenstein or Frankenstein's yeah. monster? Frankenstein. He's playing ah. Dr. Frankenstein. And uh, there's, so the story is there's a, a, a guy who's into Frankenstein's work and is trying to recreate it and he gets arrested and uh, sent to a for mental plagiarism. institution for, <laughs> for plagiarism. No, for uh, I think it's like ungodly acts or something like that. Oh, he was like uh, trying to like dig up bodies and magic. all that shit. Yeah, he was doing wow. that, trying to bring him back to life. And so he gets put in, a, mm-hmm. in an institution, <laughs> uh, finds out that it's the same institution that uh, the original Frankenstein was sent to. And, oh my God, uh, I'm such a fanboy. Can I have his room? <laughs> exactly. So he ends up running into him. He's he's there hiding as uh, Dr. Victor rather than Dr. Frankenstein. Ooh, good pivot. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Dr. Frankenstein. So he's supposedly taking care of all the other patients, but then it turns out that, oh, he's continuing his work. And so they're working on this Frankenstein, but it doesn't look like Frankenstein, how you Mm. would imagine the Frankenstein's monster. Sure. Uh, It's just like a big hairy guy. Um, Hairy, that's a new twist. Yeah, yeah. On the weekends, when, what uh, year did this? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. I was gonna say on the weekends they call me Doctor Drankenstein, and you can uh, hang out with me and my friend Edward Forty Hands, dude. <laughs> Worth oh it. Oh my god. Worth it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of those classic Universal monsters, Frankenstein and Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> um, when was this made, uh, Max? Do you remember? I don't know. Uh, it had, to be, had to be seventies ish, maybe pre seventies, oh, okay. probably sixties ish possibly i don't know it's sort of like a um, nick weiger's monster fuck where swamp thing is in there for some reason <laughs> yes exactly yeah he shows up near the end oh cool it's a <laughs> it's a dceu movie as it turns out yeah yeah i don't think i'm gonna look this up i was, <laughs> I was gonna try and, i was gonna try and find out what year it is damn sounds good i'm not, <laughs> not quick at that so like i think it would just be long long silence if i did hey, that. hey we can vamp dude I mean, we can yeah, talk about not, vampires yeah, too. Did you not hear my great uh, Edward Forty Hands joke just a second ago? Yeah, you could have been typing that whole time. Space. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to avoid the rest of it. Anyways, <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter. It's an older one. I, I think it might be pre Star Wars. I can't really tell, but it's got mm. Andrew, good marker you, in time. When you do the show notes, Andrew, just put question marks instead of the year for <laughs> okay, for the movie we'll recommendation. Do, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, too too I, long. Didn't look up. <laughs> I also watched another older movie. Uh, My Fair Lady with Audrey Hepburn. Yes, classic. uh, Making his own Frankenstein, if you will. (laughs) Turning a Frankenstein into a (laughs) So, So, Robert, clearly you've seen this. Uh, When was the last time you saw it? Uh, when the when it uh, the year it came out, which is uh, <laughs> you know, out. which My Fair that? Lady. Oh man, it, it it is it's it is a classic and. I'll never forget that balmy day in 1964 yeah, when you, I uh, you double featured it with that uh, James McAvoy F- Victor Frankenstein movie. Hey, there you go. Um, what made you want to uh, watch that? I don't know. It came up as a recommendation, and I thought, hey, I if you liked this Grandma Frankenstein movie, you'll love My Fair Lady. <laughs> it turned out I didn't love My Fair Lady. I think it's a fairly awful movie. Wow. Um, 
yeah, I think it should stay classic. It's very misogynistic, very well, yeah. racist, very um, mm-hmm. uh, what what is that like? Um, what's the one where you think your country's better than every other country? Nationalist. Nationalist. What was that? Nationalistic. Yeah, nationalistic. Yeah. Nationalist. Also xenophobic. I think also would fit in there. Oh, they hate the aliens movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very xenomorphic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. It it was terrible. Also, the songs are not that great, in my opinion. Uh, you you have okay, so you it's, have it's a bunch of artists of the time doing London Bridge is falling down, falling down. My fair <laughs> you're lady, you're just mad because like you were. It was clear to you your phonetics weren't as good as uh, the the My Fair Lady herself. <laughs> Audrey Hepburn. So so when she starts the movie, she's putting on this really huge thick, Cockney fake, accent, fake Cockney accent that like. You can tell it's intentional, intentionally uh, hyped up and overdone in order to make it sound terrible. And then you have a guy come in who essentially says, you know, I'm I'm a linguist uh, and a cunning linguist. Yes, um, he's part of the rap group, the cunning linguists. And uh, he he basically calls out. He says, like, we have a caste system set up where uh certain people are put into society at a higher position because of the way they speak. And certain people are put lower because of the way that they speak. And then he goes on to say, the reason why this is a problem is because poor people sound awful. And like instantly I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is a movie for me. And he goes on to just insult uh, Irish people, Scottish people and everyone who's poor. Okay. Uh, This sounds all, this is all good so far. (laughs) The rest of the movie, he just talks about how terrible women are, how he doesn't want to deal with women in his life because they ruin everything. Um, mm. And none of this changes. Sounds this like a friggin' incel. This isn't a character arc at all. Uh, he just, he hates women and he hates poor people. And so a poor woman comes into his life and he insults her for the entire movie, basically saying, I could, I could turn you into something right now. You're absolutely nothing. You're like... There's no reason anyone should pay any attention to you. And um, eventually he changes the way she speaks. It actually happens in an instant through his terrible teaching of just like con- continually making her do something over and over again. Well, Max, the not... rain in Spain stays mainly on the plains. Oh. Yeah. So she'll say that or she'll say, ah, like that over and over again. But uh, it sounds wrong. And so she says it enough times. Eventually sounds... <laughs> yeah, she sounds like a pirate eventually it sounds right i don't know like everything sounds right oh excuse me so you don't like her voice either (laughs) it's also interesting i'm reading the uh the plot synopsis on uh wikipedia max says he has no character arc the movie ends with him becoming it turns out he's roger ailes wow (laughs) you forgot to mention that max yeah i forgot to mention that it slipped my mind they don't mention it but I'm glad that Wikipedia it's it's a, it's the there. end credit scene. It's as soon as the credits end and then like uh, fade up. I skipped, I skipped that. I turned it off as soon as it was over. I don't know. I don't really recommend it. I think it's a class. It, it can stay a classic as in like, you know, it's stay in from the past. its era, but it's, it's honestly pretty terrible. And the music, what would the remake be like? I actually don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of this stuff still floating around it's it's not as uh, classic as it should be huh um and then i also watched 
a movie with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, Dune. Playing the heir to a, a throne. He's going to take, he's reluctantly forced to take over. From his uh, father, his, Oscar Isaac. From his father when his father dies. Okay. Yeah. But, he's going to talk uh, about Dune. And then he has to fight with a, a group of people. Yes, Anyways, uh, this, is, this movie's called The King. Whoa. Oh, 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 okay. Yes, I, I watched that too. Yeah, t- <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is playing King Henry V of, uh, of England. And uh, his father played by Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, love Ben Mendelsohn. He's great, uh, but he's playing a kind of vindictive, paranoid king who um, is going to war with everyone close by, and uh, he doesn't. Uh, Timothy Chalamet doesn't get along with his dad. <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking about the actor, but um, Timothy Chalamet's character. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw he had that YouTube channel. Yeah, a lot where of behind. Would... The, there's a lot of behind the scenes footage of him fighting with his dad on set. <laughs> Dad. Yeah, over over controllers, uh, which Xbox controller? Yeah, which Xbox controller? He was like, "You threw them out. I was supposed to ship those. The freaking <laughs> this one's got a stripe on it." Uh, yeah. For those of you don't who don't know, look up to Timothy Chalamet's Xbox controller uh, YouTube page. Oh, I'll have to do this. I'm I'm unfamiliar with this. Oh, you are? Yeah. yeah someone found his old YouTube, and he's like showing off like controllers that he modded. Like, oh, yeah, I painted this one. He used to do custom controllers for people, and it's like very specific. He's like, "Okay, I made this one for user like Pink Boy thirty six, yeah. and uh, and anyway, but he he's like, like anyway, I'm gonna be in uh, multiple movies in a couple years, and uh, <laughs> I'll become the Quezac Hatterack. But yeah. anyway, uh... and this one has a picture of Paul from Dune on it, and uh, looks a lot like me in ten years. Uh, anyways. He doesn't show his face. Yeah, like he's also, he's having so. a prophecy and drawing on the controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he does a great job in this movie, though. Also, Robert Pattinson's in it, and uh, Joel Edgerton. Uh, and everyone does a good job. It's that's really a good cast. Like, uh, yeah, it's a really good cast. It's really like gritty and muddy, and like uh, it doesn't glorify war at all which I appreciate. Um, I mean, it does have big battle scenes and everything, but it, it makes it look just uh, brutal and pointless as it should. And um, we're not talking about Dune yet. <laughs> Robert Pattinson has a really, a really thick French accent and a lot of uh, sass, a lot of attitude. So Sounds nice. like a, uh, Henry Higgins could help him out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not go back to that one. Uh, that's all I've seen, Andrew. How about you? Uh, the only movie I watched this week, we talked about it briefly when we were pre-record last time, but I watched uh, Black Dynamite. Yes. Um, it is now Dynamite. Off, it is off of HBO Max now, unfortunately, but oh, God, it was so... I hadn't seen that movie probably... I feel like we watched uh, Robert, you, me, Ben, and a group of people, I think, I think watched so. it together, and I probably haven't seen it since then, but... Ooh, what a fun movie to rewatch. Um, yeah. For anybody who's unfamiliar, it's a like a, a 2009, 2010 like spoof on black exploitation movies. <clears throat> it's so funny, so whip smart, just like totally knows what it's doing, knows what it is. Uh, the soundtrack's really funny. The action's really funny. Mm-hmm. Like just the cuts between scenes are so funny. There's a really funny scene where like one character is like, 
he slaps one of the other characters, but like he, you know, like they portray it as like he accidentally slapped the real actor, and so the, the actor's like, "Man, what the?" F-? And like they spl- they cut it really quickly. It's just a different guy. It's just so. This is so. Funny. I forgot about that part. That's oh really God. funny. Um, so mm. funny. It, I I don't know if it's streaming anywhere right now, but if you get a chance to watch it, it's just a delight. <laughs> it's so funny. And they are currently working on a sequel. The uh, director wow. and Michael Jai White are working on a sequel as we speak. So yeah, I kind of felt. I feel like I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff in in all this time. Yeah. So Black Dynamite Two might be the perfect avenue to welcome welcome him back into our lives. Hell yeah! But yeah, that's all I've seen for movies. Let's move into some TV shows we see. TV shows we've seen. We've seen. Robert, I know you said you hadn't seen any TV. Uh, Max, what about you? What a shame. Uh, I watched the rest of Giri Haji, which is duty slash shame. And that's those are the themes of it. It's about... Um, it's like when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> a duty joke. Very good. Very good. Uh, and very shameful as well. Um, when you did say duty, I, I actually thought that's what you meant was duty. So... Uh, <laughs> I knew so what he meant, but he I was knew you having, meant, a, having a laugh. He made the joke. I was like, well, oh, duty, okay. It's uh, interesting. What an interesting concept for a show, but uh, all right. Yeah, that's what giri means in Japanese. It means I knew that. Shit. Where's the bathroom? I need to uh, take a big giri. <laughs> uh, so this is the one I think I talked about it last week um, yeah. or a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's about uh, a, a cop in uh, Japan who gets sent to London over a uh, Yakuza killing that goes on and he suspects it's his brother. It sounds like fucking Rush Hour. He thought was dead. And <laughs> it's it's just like fucking Rush Hour. And uh, <laughs> no, it's it's really good. I would definitely recommend uh, taking a look at it. Um, Anybody's father caught a bullet in that one? <laughs> uh, actually, yes. <laughs> I actually I don't think I've seen Rush Hour, so I can't really <laughs> one or two. You haven't heard Jackie Chan drop an N bomb. <laughs> Ooh, that's not good. It's in a context of he is he's uh mimicking Chris Tucker Chris, and accidentally yeah. in a bar. Chris Tucker basically uh, says like do what I do what I do and then Chris Tucker says and then immediately bar, so then he greets someone and then he does the same thing and it starts a fight. So Gotcha, gotcha. It's okay. Is- We're you're not canceled, yeah. Jackie. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, check it, check it out. Check your Giri Haji yeah. out. It ended well. You think he's not uh, can- uh, I, f- huh? I was gonna say, you think he's not canceled yet? Wait till I take that clip out of context, put it on Twitter, and then we get him canceled. Do it. Do Hell it. yeah. Yeah, it's about time that he paid for that. The woke mob's coming for you, Jackie. Can't fight us all. <laughs> Wait, actually, uh, maybe he can. Maybe he can. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he could. Just don't like Every, we just we don't want to cancel him when he's like near like a ladder or any true, sort of yeah. like object that he can. Move we'll get him in an open field and then cancel him. <laughs> as long as he's not wearing a coat. That's <laughs> true too. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. There's no way. There's no stopping. There's him. There's no stopping him. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention that Justin Long is also in Giri Haji, and he's probably the worst part of it. Oh, <laughs> to, to geez, be honest. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> is he the shame part? Yeah, he's the shame part. No, he's okay. just he's doing a different uh, accent. Yes. No, he's he's actually he is a PC in, in this one. London. 
He's just, he's doing, he's at a different level than everyone else. He's at the Justin Long level. Everybody else is. He's up here and they're down here. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's just too good for for the rest of it. It's just kind of like more slapstick or over the top or I don't know. Uh, And it doesn't really seem to fit in, in my opinion, but. Uh, he's in there, so check it out if you're a big Justin Long fan. See what see what <laughs> he can add. I'm a long time Long fan. <laughs> uh, I also started watching Foundation on Apple TV, which is like an Isaac Asimov uh, story oh. sci-fi thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somewhat interesting. Uh, it's got some decent looks to it. It's got some decent concepts to it. Lee Pace is in it. Um, it's a he he plays. I guess there are multiple characters that he plays because there's a, they clone an emperor, like they clone an emperor. And then he, there are like three versions of him at all times. There's like a young kid, uh, like middle-aged guy and then an older guy. And so like, as they grow up, they'll get rid of the older one and then replace him with a younger clone. And so they always have three of these emperors who are the same person. Then there's like uh, light speed jumping and and uh, time travel that takes hundreds of years. Not time travel. What am I talking about? Like space travel that takes hundreds of years. So there are like big gaps and stuff. And, and people who show up at one point can show up at another point later and, and be like the same age, although uh, decades have passed. So For there's other some people. interesting stuff going on. Uh, it's good sci-fi fun, I think. Is it more uh, of a, is it like, like a hard sci-fi? Is it trying to be more like of a, like, what is it? It's Asimov though, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm, I don't know what you mean by hard sci-fi. Is that the right term? Hard sci-fi where it's kind of like, they're really trying to like ground it in like a science almost, or try to make it like a more like, uh, not even a, I wouldn't I even think, say approachable. Cause I think sometimes it's dry for people, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't say so. I think there might be some attempts, but a lot of things they just explain away as math. Like, oh, you can you can use math to determine the future, essentially, is kind of like the an initial premise. There's a, uh, a guy uh, who predicts the empire's downfall, th- these three people, and goes up and says to him, you know, I've, I've done all the calculations. I forget what they're called. Um, mathematicians. Mathematicians. No, there's, there's a term for the, the type of um, chaos calculation that he's doing. That, Cha- like, chaotician. 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 There oh, you go. I got it. I got it hey, right here. Oh, fucking nerds. Hey, oh, good. these dorks. Hey, <laughs> zing them. I'm going to pull the uh, pants over their heads. Wedgie. Give them a swirly. All the stuff that never happened in our lifetime. But we hey, you want an awful waffle? Oh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he predicts the the collapse, and then they they try and kill him. And stuff goes crazy from there. Um, but it's fun. I I would check it out if you're into. If you what is that? Watch, what are, where can I sci-fi. where can I watch that? Apple TV. So if you're watching Ted Lasso, uh, switch over to to that for a little bit <laughs> to break it up. I don't know. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Apple TV. I'm getting into. I'm about to watch. Probably, maybe we'll see a Tom Hanks movie where he's hanging out with a dog and a robot. Finch. Finch, exactly. But I'm worried that this dog is going to be CG. Mm. I don't want a CG dog. I want a real dog, but I'm, I'm worried that it's going to be most. It looked real in the previews. We'll see. I just want to know, is Finch going to meet Chappie? (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. 
Fingers um, crossed. The uh, Schmigadoon is also on Apple TV, and I kind of I watched like the first couple episodes of that and thought it was fun. What is that? What? Yeah, it's a it's like a uh, it's what is her name? Cecily Strong and Keegan Michael Key sold. are a couple, and they are having problems, and they end up in this like kind of fanciful, almost like fantasy town called Schmigadoon. And they get kind of trapped in there. Like they go, they walk over this bridge, and as they look back, there's like no exit for it anymore. Like the, it's just they just exist in Schmigadoon now, and it's like a town that it you know feels like out of time and anachron, not anachronistic, but like it you know they set at a certain period. Yeah, or something. and so it's just this kind of weird. It they at first they're both like this feels like a weird culty town, but then they kind of get into the the rhythm of the town, and it's. It's like a semi-musical too. It's it's fun. It's cute. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Put it on my watch next. I forget what they call it. Up next, I think. <laughs> yeah. is what it's called on Apple TV. So uh, dumb. Trademark every single next. company. Every company has to do the same thing, uh, but, but pretend uh, like they're, they're a little unique about it. Yeah. It's on. It's, it's on my list of next bite of the apple. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still doing like a plus at the end, as if they're unique. And ah, mm-hmm. god damn it, I hate companies. Uh, I also watched a couple episodes of documentary now. I know it's uh, been out for a long time, but hey, welcome was, to the club. I know. No, it's uh, very good. It's, I, I mean, watched, especially if you're familiar with any of the the docs they're based on, too. Yeah, I think I I probably would enjoy it a bit more if I did. But uh, there was one episode I was cracked. I could not stop. What, do you remember which one? Uh, it was the fourth one. It was about like a, a uh, Bill Hader's character kills someone. Right? He he like. Uh, and then blames it on Fred Armisen's character, essentially. And everyone believes him just because Fred Armisen's character is so unlikable. And, like, <laughs> he doesn't even do anything too terrible, just, like, makes really bad jokes and just, like, is so, so blah, such a terrible, like, such, I don't know. Uh, but even though people know he didn't do it, they just kind of want him to uh, be killed. All for so, it. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the the whole jury, I think, I think when the, they convicted him, there was a standing ovation or something. They're like, "You've never, <laughs> never seen anything like this in a court." Uh, I forget, but it, like everything Fred Armisen was doing was cracking me up so hard. I'll have to revisit. I don't remember what what that which one that was. Or I don't think I don't feel like I've seen that one. I'm trying to think of what documentary it would be based on. But yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure. But it's season four or season one, episode four. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, the, the other ones were pretty good. The one right before that was the uh, Nanook uh, documentary, like Canook, I think was what they changed it to mm-hmm. uh, about the um, uh, Eskimo and the, the filming of, of him and kind of how he took mm-hmm. over the filming. I don't know. So, we When you get to it, I don't know if it's like another season, but uh, there's like a bowling documentary one that's that's really great. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I will be continuing with these. I watched a couple earlier, uh, like the first two episodes, and I liked it, but I think Jenny had already seen them, and so we like, <laughs> didn't really watch them, but I think I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch them all. Cool. Yeah, yeah, you should. And that's it for me. How about you, Andrew? Uh, I watched the first three episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, like, hell yeah. yeah. It. Um, very funny. I mean, it, I I think like the... I. Now I'm remembering I watched the first episode a long time ago, and I think okay. it didn't, John Gabris. It didn't quite fit my memory of the movie, I think, and so I was not as like entranced with it. 
but watched a, watched a couple episodes and really liked it. So um, good, yeah. I I think the last episode I watched was the one where uh, Vanessa Bayer shows up as like an emotional vampire. Mm-hmm. Instead of oh an yes, vampire. and she's like he doesn't realize at first that he's like competing with her yeah. basically. Yeah, and she's like a sad sack virgin. Like yes. he's like bo- he like bores people, but she like makes people like pity her so much yeah. they like pass oh, that out. reminds me of when my mother died from cancer you know and, like everybody's like oh no oh. yeah it's um, very funny. that's a very funny one yeah i hope you'll continue because it's um it's one of the rare occasions where i mean the movie is stellar and i've seen the movie so yeah. many times but they just take the concept make it new what is it new jersey instead yeah and just like roll with it and and in all the seasons now they've done so many fun things it's mm-hmm. it's really great stuff um i was happy to see arj barker as one of the van- uh, werewolves in an early episode i just haven't hmm. i haven't seen him in anything since fly of the concords so barker, it's good barker as a werewolf yeah right <laughs> should be Meant a howler be. um so yeah what we do in the shadows enjoyed it look forward to i uh, yeah i hope you'll you'll keep uh keep watching and indulge us with uh, other ones you enjoy i think i will and so fellows yes. that will do it for the tv shows we've seen let's talk about the movie we watched for the podcast uh frank herbert's dune more small ball fat tires rocking through the sand and burning up little dune bug out in the sand a little blue dune bug out that's right. That's the theme song to 2021's Dune, starring Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa, no, Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin Stellar Skarsgård, Stellar Skateboard, Dave Bautista, and Zendaya as Michi as Chani. <laughs> and also, don't forget uh, a new favorite of the podcast, someone who keeps showing up, Davis da- David Dalshmackian. David Dasnalchin. Yes, is in it. Um, Ooh, I love that guy, actually. Yeah, he's great. He is great. Dune. So anybody who's unfamiliar, or before we get into plot and and, uh, how we felt, would y'all recommend people either watch at home or go to the theater to see Dune? I do feel like there's a scale to it that would really lend itself to seeing it in the theater. Obviously, everyone's going to have their own comfort level, but if you can do it safely and conveniently, I would say definitely check it out in the theater. It's on HBO Max. I don't know for how long it has that time period of mm-hmm. being available. But um, I think if you have a good setup at home, there's no reason you can't watch it there either. And they greenlit a sequel. So it's nice that if you enjoy it and are invested in it, that you have more to uh, to enjoy down the line. Yeah. Max, what about you? Yeah, watch it. Either way, um, I watched it at home. And I don't think I necessarily needed a theater. I feel like. If you're if you really need that theater experience, sit a little closer to your TV, <laughs> <laughs> and then have someone talk next to yeah, you. And then... Exactly. Uh, I, yeah, really. The the only difference is like um, popcorn. I like having popcorn, and it's not the same at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I think it's definitely worth watching. However, you prefer, you know, just just go ahead and and do it. Uh, check out dune i think it was a, a pretty big big success it it's weird because it has a lot of there are certain things that i want out of sci-fi and it doesn't have all of those mm-hmm. but still like still manages to do its own thing well enough to uh make me really enjoy it yeah mm. um how about you andrew i saw i saw it in a theater and oh, i wow. will say that i don't 
think it's necessarily that important to see it in the theater. Um, I mean, like there, like some of like obviously some of the like big. I, I would recommend. I would recommend people see it. By the way, I think it's a very fun. In, enjoyable, interesting science fiction fantasy movie, um, but yeah, I think like in ter- like in terms of if if people are like, oh, I you know the the filmmaker really wants me to see it in theaters and all this stuff, I don't think it necessarily lends itself to n- n- like definitely see it in theaters. Um, but it's also like there's a lot of big interesting things that I think would uh, do look cool on a big screen. But I'm not going to lie, I felt like there were definitely times where it was like, I'm sitting in a theater, and there were just points where it's just like, okay, let's kind of get it moving a little quicker, or, you know, whatever, and, like, that's just pacing stuff with the movie. But, especially if you're, like, nervous about being in a theater right now, which, you know, you like, that's definitely understandable. Um, my friend rented out a movie theater, so it was a bunch of people that we all knew who we all know are vaccinated, so, and plus you have to be vaccinated to go in a theater. Anyways, but, um, it was, like, a bunch of people we knew and trusted, so, like, that, that part didn't worry me, but it, if you're going to be in a movie theater, it feels a little, like, it's just, it's a long movie, and there's parts of it that don't necessarily, I'm not, you know, there's, just, there's a bunch of parts where it's just like, I don't think you need to see that part in a theater. I think that on your TV is just fine. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you can't pause it and go for a snack either. Yeah, exactly. Who needs it? Yeah. yeah if you're at home, you should just, it should be the, the theater experience as much as you can. So like, don't pause it if you have to go to the bathroom, like be mad that you missed part of it. Right. Don't Hope you can it. hear it through the bathroom door. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is a, a, a movie that takes place in the year, like 10,000 something. 10,191. 10,191. Quick question. I, because I don't know that much about Dune. In terms of, I didn't either its, before this. Um, in terms of like its source material, is Dune it, like it? They because they keep calling it it's humanity and humans. Is this humanity that eventually left Earth? That, yeah. Like okay, it is. They, I've kind of been going down the rabbit hole a bit and like looking up stuff like just just lore videos like where are aliens in dune like why don't they have computers in in dune Mm -hmm. and one was like where is earth in dune and i think there's references in some later books about people having memories of or, or people like referencing earth like even this person who like knows everything about the galaxy and it was like he mentioned something about earth and he's like why are you talking about like legends and stuff so i think like it's one of those things where certain sects of people Kind of like how in Star Wars, some people yeah. like don't think like Jedi are a legend. I think there's just enough humanity has left Earth for so long that they just don't like remember it as like a jumping off place in some cases. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the uh, prequels to come out from George Lucas that reveal <laughs> that uh, they left Earth 30 years ago. And that's why everyone ago. thinks, that, <laughs> right? Isn't that what fucking yeah, happened? That's true. Wars? That is true. Are, do Jedis exist? Like, oh, yeah, this guy is is a jedi yeah he actually was the one who killed all the rest of the jedi and that happened about 20 30 years ago yeah paul was born on earth and like like even like had like early teen years on earth and just like they just recently left oh yeah yeah i remember that yeah. all the all the family photos that i'm in are uh, taken on earth i miss my playstation of, like, 5 the statue of liberty and stuff like <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is a movie that centers around the main character Paul, who is the son of the Duke Duke Leto, Leto Atreides. House Atreides, and so they are a a royal family on the planet Caladan, and they are 
gifted the planet of um, Arrakan, which Arrakis. is Arrakis. Arrakis. Sorry, uh, which is the the Dune planet, titular Dune. Titular Dune. And so they're gifted this planet as like a I don't know some sort of like peace treaty offering. Yeah, it's like oh, it's no. like a fiefdom, and House Harkonnen had previously owned it, and then the Emperor, who we don't see, yeah, basically decided like they're getting pulled back, and then I hope and we, this house is getting installed. I hope we get like a Snoke level reveal of the Emperor. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll be big. Yeah. Uh, so as it turns out, yeah, they're gifted this planet. It's sort of uh, hinted that not it's really a, not a really either. a gift. When is a gift not a gift? And so they, he basically is helping Harkonnen have a coup to take the planet back because this is the thing that this is the thing we can talk about, but I am, or maybe not. I, it doesn't really, I was asking Jamie, like what, why is the emperor like scared of house Atreides? And I guess it's just that they're so respected that they're kind of, they're kind of like making him nervous. Mm -hmm. Like his, his power would be questioned because of like how much people admire them. So it is sort of like, a weird thing where I was like, well, why didn't he just like, why doesn't he just like kill him? Like go to their planet and kill him. But it's more like subterfuge. Like we're going to give the ocean planet people this dry planet and set them up to fail. And then also set up a coup. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is a lot of political espionage in this movie mm-hmm. uh, that is masqueraded as like big space, not space battles, but like big ships coming in and doing a bunch of pew, pew, pews. But um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean like it basically Paul has this like power of foresight that um, he's not really communicating to a lot of people about. He's seeing things that he thinks are the future, including yeah, he his, he's dreaming st- yeah. like yeah about Arrakis, including losing his friend Duncan Idaho, played by Jason Momoa. Hell yeah, uh, just cool dude again. Um, I forget. Did I send you guys the tweet somebody wrote about Jason Momoa? I don't know what uh, was it. That was just like Jason Momoa plays like. It's it's rad that there's a guy who can just play the raddest fucking dude on, in the <laughs> world, and when you're Jason Momoa and do it better than anybody, it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> that's just like it is. It seems to be his role that he's good at, just like the cool guy who just like, hey, you know, and like I loved in this movie the sort of stuff that he's like, hey, you've been working out. He's like, really? No, <laughs> just like yeah. And then like yeah, later, got he's the like, muscle. Yeah, I swear um, you're getting taller. Really? No. <laughs> made a little like, meme about that because that's the second movie I've seen recently where Timothy Chalamet talks about his little muscles. Uh-huh. He also talks about him in the French Dispatch. Um, oh, I forgot what? to talk about that movie. Oops. Well, you, I think you talked um, about it last time. Yeah. Oh, but did I? Did I? Um, you didn't talk about his muscles though. So yeah. So there's a new. Whole um, he did the like out. red carpet sneak up attack to to Paul. You know the picture where. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, freaking Superman is on the red carpet and, and, and Momoa is coming behind him. And like when Duncan Idaho gets back from the Fremen and Paul's on Arrakis, he's like, Duncan, and he's like, ah, and kind of like gets down and does like the wind up. It was, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so what did you guys think of this movie? I mean, we talked about whether or not people should see it. Like, did you like, what did you guys think of it? Is there favorite parts, parts you didn't like? Um, well, I like part one, which is what this movie ended up being called. I did think it was interesting that they did not, leading up to it, say, like, Dune part one coming right. out soon. Like, only I, when the title hard card finally hit. Uh, I get they, they might not have done it in the marketing, but they definitely, it wasn't a secret before that. Like, pe- people I assumed it wasn't knew- going to be, like, the full story in one movie, but it was a surprise to me when it says Dune part one in the beginning because I was just like, oh, like, I, because also, like, the, the other movie, for example, the Lynch version, for example, like has more mm-hmm. in it and it's a longer yeah. film, obviously. But like that was, I guess, where I was coming from, where I didn't know 
where they were going to end it, how much it was going to include, would it include stuff from other books or, you know, condense things down or characters down. This this movie had me like oddly fascinated. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what grabbed me, but I was like, I, I think it might have been the cast. That, and the cast some, is great. Some of the look that like some of the early, just like them in the costumes and stuff like that. And it had a yeah. good look to it. So I was like, this interests me also it got pushed back so far so there's a long time to to look stuff up so I, i've read a couple articles about how this is only going to cover the first half of the first book mm-hmm. it's only going to get up to the point really where he he meets uh this group of people the uh the fremen fremen and uh and so i, I knew that beforehand so it was known out there but yeah they really didn't say anything in marketing that yeah i think that, be a that's part one. that's the sort of thing that like you and I, like we know, but like I'd say, like your average moviegoer, like it's yeah. it's not it's not readily said in the trailers. You're right; none of the marketing lets you know. And so, like I feel like it's I've been to movies where I think people are not aware that this is part one of something, or you know, like it's like a to be continued type of ending. And I knew it, and I think like the people I went and saw the movie with knew it. And I wonder if there are people who saw the movie or just like that's like what and then like you know whether or not they're because i i didn't even notice dune part one in the title card when it came up so like i i think there might be a lot of people who saw this movie are just like is there going to be a sequel and like they have to go and look and like if you're not like communicating that to the audience i feel like that could be like a really a real hindrance to it and i know that like they weren't sure they were going to get a part two and that's part of the whole, like, oh, you have to go see in the theaters and then get a part two. Wah, wah, wah. But I heard that also, like, they were also basing it on streaming. Like, if, if HBO Max yeah. did well, that would also be a good thing. And I think it did. So. Right. So, I, but I just think, like, people were that, like, people were being especially whiny about it for that reason because they thought they weren't going to get a part two if there wasn't, if this didn't do well in theaters. But, you know, whatever. So, it, I, yeah. I, I think every movie, though, kind of ends in a, a cliffhanger now like every every single movie wants to become a franchise even the harder they fall uh oh yeah ends in a very big just like all right that was odd and it took me a second to realize what was happening yeah so like um it it happens now every movie Mm -hmm. wants to be a, a a franchise uh or you know according to the the people who produce it right like they're always gonna want that scene in there that makes you want more of it so, uh, I mean, it definitely I leaves people... on a big cliffhanger for sure. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, Javier Bardem also in this movie, I forgot to mention in the cast. Yes. But, yeah, I don't he's... think we mentioned Dave Bautista either. Right? We didn't. He's pretty, he's not in it a very much at all. I and I think his, he'll be I in more of the name. second one. I said his name. Okay. Oh, yeah. We weren't paying attention. To anything <laughs> well, I, um, if Robert I... didn't say it, I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, seen the Lynch version, but not for a long time. And I liked it, but I don't think it like captured my imagination. Mm-hmm. I really liked this, though. Uh, the Dune so nice. I watched it twice. Wow. Um, should I said the spice so nice? Mm. Fuck. Take Let's it again. The, Take it again. Start, the, start yeah. the podcast yeah. over. Um, no, but I, I did really enjoy it. And the second time around, I put on the uh, subtitles just so I could kind of see the names of the people and and kind of get some of that stuff from it too. Um, yeah, it's a gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thought- it really just. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, I felt like, so slight, you know, spoiler for the movie if people haven't seen it. Obviously, we're going to talk about plot stuff, but I thought having so many main characters be killed off, like in pretty quick succession, too, like really gave a sense of, like, no, like obviously, I think Paul, at least until like the end of the story, is is probably safe. 
But like his mom is in danger a lot for like the last, you know, half of the movie. And there's a real sense of like he may lose his mom, especially if you're not familiar with the story and the like, it, you know, I've not yeah. read any of the books. And so like I don't know what's going to happen with these characters. So like having a bunch of characters be killed off pretty, you know, like in like pretty rapid succession and main characters too definitely gave a sense of danger that like I, I don't think his mom is safe at all. Like while they're yeah, well, and you don't expect that's a great point because you don't expect, you know, Oscar. I well, I mean, let's just get into spoilers yeah. a little bit. But like you don't expect people like Oscar Isaac and Jason Momoa and stuff to like bite it in the first and movie. Josh Brolin and yeah, Josh just, Brolin. Yeah. Well, yeah, he that part was only weird because like they I didn't, didn't like that because like him and this other a team clash and then there's like an explosion in the foreground and I was like was that it you yeah, didn't I, get an on screen death like, they did not show him die on camera yeah which I guess um, which I don't think is back. necessarily supposed to be like a reveal of Gurney Halleck showing back up again right, but yeah. um um but and hell we even see Chalamet in one of his dreams he gets fucking knifed by Zendaya Ismichi mm-hmm. that's that um, is interesting that like um he has premonitions, but even those premonitions, even when you see the future, because I was, I was thinking like he sees a vision of his mom in the future, but even his visions can't really be trusted because they don't uh, necessarily come to pass the way that he sees them. They're He's also, also, they're also not particularly helpful. All of his friends died and he never, you know, he only saw, he did see Duncan Idaho get killed and he's like, I want to go with you to the planet because I think you're going to die. And then he then dies anyways. What help were you? Um, Paul, <laughs> you little punk. Maybe if your muscles were bigger, Paul, you could have helped him. Ooh. Um, so yeah, smelt. they do set him up as like <clears throat> his mom, who is Leto's, uh, Duke Leto's concubine. Jay he Leto's. didn't actually like marry Jared her. Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto. Um, David Leno. <laughs> David Leto. David. What's his name? David? No. Jay Leno. <laughs> Is oh that what you were God. saying? That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got the car. They can drive in sand. <laughs> David. Um, everyone knows David Lenoman. <laughs> hey, like, let's do a top mo- ten list. Huh? <laughs> top ten ways to betray the House of Trades. Um, these are jokes for no one. Um, <laughs> Paul is set up as his mom was part of the Bene Gesserit, which are like these like witches that kind of like control all the politics sort of like every great house has one of these kind of like advisors and they themselves are sort of like, they even said like we set things up like centuries in advance, like, and we take blood, you know, mix bloodlines from the fam- these houses and are trying to basically create the, I want to say it's, Kizak Hatterak, something like that. It's basically this like prophesized person that has a mind so powerful they can like bridge space and time. Mm-hmm. So big shit. Paul hears about this, by the way, too. And like, if that were me, I'd be like, what the f- this sucks. I don't want to be part of this <laughs> prophecy. Um, but it's this weird combination where he's already the son of this powerful leader of this house. And he also is being taught the ways of these witches, which normally are only women learning the voice that was a cool part of the movie i thought and and is also this you know possibly this destined uh person on arrakis for the fremen this like kind of prophesized god so there's a lot kind of like hitting him in the sort of first third of the movie as far as like his and i don't always love like the chosen one of the prophecy 
like I feel like that takes agency away from people a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But I I do like I do like how like even though there is that, there's also the feeling from a lot of people that oh this isn't the case, right? Like yes. he is, he's not that, and like his his mom kind of uh, was not supposed to have a boy. Uh, yeah. She was supposed to have only uh, girls, but she has a boy uh, breaking the rules. Uh, and then also like not supposed to teach him this stuff. So his mom kind of like doing a lot of stuff against the rules is what might or might not be creating this. But because she's breaking the rules of the Bene Gesserit, the Bene Gesserit doesn't want to believe that that's how the, it um, came to be. Yeah, exactly. Which but is funny because you'd, you'd think they would be like, well, you know, it's like these are the signs. And apparently like you'd think they'd get over it and be like, well, I guess it is him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I definitely don't want to believe it throughout this movie. Um, I liked uh, Skarsgård as the Duke was very creepy. And uh, I like just like the subtle like his back would light up and that's how he could kind of like float around and stuff. Definitely. I mean, like he's kind of gross, but he's less gross than the Lynch version. I don't know if you guys have seen I've him, but seen he's it. like, it's kind of like a mix between that and, uh, and the guys from Fury Road. Yeah. The one the, in the Lynch version is like pus. pustules and like gross, like things on his body that are like, he just looks like he looks like he has like terrible, terrible skin. And it's just like, ugh, ugh. Um, but yeah, I, I also think like the effects look really good, especially like the ships and the sand and stuff. Yeah. I thought the little, um, like the dragonfly, like the ships ornithopters. Yeah. yeah. We're cool. Um, the, I liked the way that like this happens kind of, kind of in two ways technologically that, um, they fire these drills when they're attacking the people in the middle of the night when they're attacking House Atreides. There's like these like drill bolts that they fire people that like, you know, just immediately go and incapacitate them. When you have your like little personal shield on, it's supposed to be able to like stop something that's like coming at you quickly. And they shoot at uh, Leto, uh, what's his face? Uh, Oscar Isaac's character. And it like drills through the shield Mm -hmm. and he can't reach it at his back and it gets him. And I also noticed like the missiles that they shoot at their ships when they get attacked are like that too. Like they have like a shield and then the, the, the missile goes like, and then like finally hits it. Those are some of the best when that ship blew up and then like fell a few feet onto the ground and like smushed and blew up. I was like, this looks amazing. Like yeah. it looks so yeah. good. It's a great um, looking movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I thought they conveyed the slow moving blade penetrates the shield very well. I was a little confused how that worked exactly. Cause it feels like it's like you would have to like quickly go put your blade to someone's neck and then like slowly push it in and cut it or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it just feels kind of gooey the way that it like, but also like every action scene just kind of takes, it has a, a way of, of showing it in that like, if the shield is blue, then it's not, you know, it's protecting You're not striking you. them. Yeah. And then it, every kill strike, right? Everything that makes it through is red. But I don't see the difference in movement there. But it is in like Jason Momoa would be hitting one person and then doing the same strike over here and it would be red over here. Like there's just a subtle difference in right. that. Like he moved his hand differently, but it, I don't think that it really like showed it very well. Yeah. I, I, like, I like the look of it, but it was a little confusing. It sort of, it, it was almost performing like a like a health bar it felt like it like instead of like an actual shield it was sort of like showing you <clears throat> that these blows are like having like a like a, a collective effect on him and i was just like is that how that yeah. works like would it start it's like sh- a parry in bloodborne or something or like duncan i was like i got a crit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it and also like when when you watch 
if you don't know kind of the the concept they say it once the slow moving blade penetrates the shield i think but um if otherwise if you're watching this this thing come up against the blue and then start moving slowly and and penetrate in red it just kind of seems like it it goes up against it and then um continues to push like Mm -hmm. it's not changing its speed necessarily it's just continuing to push in and so it's just getting stronger and stronger and that's why it makes it through it doesn't really explain that it's actually moving slower but also the weird thing about that concept is as soon as it hits it's not moving at all it would be slow from that point on and you could like everyone could just make that you know push through the last little bit Mm -hmm. after every strike right yeah I thought that was, I, I, it was, it was odd. I, I liked the look of the shields, but it was like sort of confusing, like how that worked in practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you you an, mentioned Andrew kind of like favorite parts. And there's a bit that I really like that is such like a, I think it's like a perfect little moment of like, they don't tell us very much about these people. And you just see this weird scene kind of out of nowhere. But I was like, who the fuck are these? When, um, oh, I forget the actor's name, but man, he is blowing up. He's in everything. The guy from um, Ant Man, the who's scared of the Baba Yaga. Um, yeah, Dave, yeah, this David is Dave, Dave Desmelchin. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's so great um, as that the Mentat for the Harkonnens. Kind of like he's like a kind of like a human computer, mm-hmm. and he goes to pick up a three battalions of the Emperor's Sardaukar soldiers. It cuts to this planet, and it's raining. You see all these army people, and then there's like a throat singer, like mm-hmm. and then there's they're they're anointing them with like blood, which mm-hmm. are coming from I, other soldiers that are strung up in the rain and bleeding into channels. And I was just like, "This is I, my fighting Urukai." <laughs> I don't, I I just really like that because it's like they didn't. You saw them fighting later, but like we didn't go back to that planet we don't know much more about them other than they're like the elite emperor soldiers. And I was like, that's like a great just sci-fi thing where I'm just like, I want to know more about those people. Mm-hmm. That was such a cool world building thing. There's like a religion to them too. I liked all that about it. I, that was just like a scene that I've just been thinking about a lot that I really that, like. That's interesting. Cause that was the scene where my wife turned to me and just was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like she just, I think like that, like it's, I think like, that's but like that that's not indicative either way i think sure for, for like i think like i felt more like you where i was like i think i'm more interested in that sort of thing just having like a little taste of it but i think for somebody like my wife who's not necessarily a huge science fiction fan or you know fantasy fan i think having something like that just kind of thrown in was like a little bit of like i you know like i'm along for the story here but also like they're not doing a great job of telling me what's happening here and I do think it, that may have been like a step too far for someone like her who doesn't like sure. this sort of movie. It was just like, it, it what does is feel this? like a movie where like, cause like I said, I'm not, I've seen the Lynch version. I'm not a super familiar. I haven't read the books. Uh, Jamie has, she was kind of like giving me some like info throughout, but it feels like a movie where it's like Villeneuve is a, De- a Dune fan and he's not over explaining or explaining a lot of stuff at the top. He, it, it kind of gives you, it, in fact, I think some of the more helpful things are like, Paul is watching videos mm-hmm. a couple times yeah, and they, and they are VHS um, <laughs> that like talk about the Fremen and talk about the sandworms and, and, and give you the exposition in a way that like he would need to learn that to be on the planet anyway. So it's helpful as an audience member to hear all that too. Um, I, I enjoyed that about it, but I don't know. I like little moments like that sometimes where it's not holding your hand or saying like, this is explicitly these people or sure. whatever. Like, it's just kind of like, like, um, they mentioned like the engineers, like you need spice to be able to safely travel through space. Like you literally can't do it without it. 
and some of the people that first show up on Caradon, Caradon, um, the the Atreides planet, they like show up this procession and like basically say like you have Arrakis now. And there's people with orange helmets, and those are part of like the engineering guild, like the people that allow you to travel through space. Mm-hmm. And I think even inside their helmets is like spice because they were kind of, like kind of orange. And I was like, see, they didn't tell me that. I think I kind of had to like look stuff up, and then and when I rewatched, I was like, oh, engineering guild. Oh, they're like the spice travel people, but. I kind of like little things like that. And I might be in the minority. I think there's there's a balance with sci-fi of like, it, are they explaining enough or just enough or too mm-hmm. much? And I don't know. It just was like, it really hit a nice groove for me where I I enjoyed the little tastes of things. And yeah. I also enjoyed all the stuff that they kind of like fleshed out more in this. Mm-hmm. Plus there's a whole second movie at least that they're going to have time to kind of exposit on stuff. Too, there's a... So. So- yeah, that was something else I was going to talk about. There is at least one more sequel and maybe a second sequel in in the works on top of a prequel series for HBO Max. Really? <clears throat> These like Sisterhood of Dune, I think. So it's going to focus on the Bene Gesserit um, and sort of like what, I don't know, like leading Sisterhood up to of the, the Traveling Sands. Yes, exactly. Um, Dune the Sisterhood is the um, potential prequel series that's going to going to series at hbo max but um so yeah they they've talked about there's definitely dune part two that is going to finish the first book and then i think that there is at least been talks of the second book then being a third movie but i wonder if like villainu is all in like you think he just wants to keep doing these movies for as long as he can i don't i don't know i mean like it from what I've heard, there's not like there's not a ton of clamor from the people I've talked to who have read the books for them to continue making movies past a certain point in the books. Um, not that like they're necessarily bad books, but maybe just wouldn't translate to film all that well. And they also just get get a bit weird. Um, yeah. I'm reading here. Dennis Villeneuve was uh, said that adapting Doom was a lifelong ambition. He was hired to direct in February 2017. Mm-hmm. So that's a long development. Yeah, but um. You'd think, unless he gets completely like burned out, kind of like Peter Jackson style, that maybe he would, and maybe it would be like years between, like he does like another movie and then he comes back and does like the sequel to Dune or something like that. Well, the but, yeah, part two is I think they've said is not like twenty twenty three. The earliest it will be in production is late twenty twenty two. So like oh, I thought it was going to release twenty twenty three. I wow. mean, it, uh, they could, but like I thought they, I thought they said that like. Uh, they wouldn't be able to even start it until late 2022. Interesting. I was wondering if it was one of those things where uh, I was like kind of hoping that they had like filmed the second part already yeah, or were filming stuff that would end up in part two, but I, I guess not. No, my, my I, wife I thought the that... same thing where she was like, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I asked her like, do you think you'd be interested in a sequel? And she's like, yeah, but, but I probably have to rewatch the movie, but I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon. It's like, yeah, the sequel is probably not going to be out for like three or four more years. So don't, don't, worry about it i think they were saying that they didn't i don't think they could get the funding from hbo to do two in a row because they didn't really know how well this would do considering mm-hmm. like i don't i think the last dune was probably a pretty big flop yeah I think. um and then also they said it would be fairly hard on the actors to be doing so much uh film like desert filming yeah and the like still suits and stuff like that which the still suits were awesome. I thought they, they were. were really like, there. He's like, you know, we just had to actually make real still suits just to make it e- easier for them to to, uh, to survive film. in the desert. Yeah, I did think they said that like because so much of the sets are already built that that should expedite the process of making the second one. Like 
they don't have to do a bunch of construction work to like get all this stuff kind of created again. That's good. So I think that part of it will at least kind of help it speed it along. But I think the actual right, I don't think we'll see the movie in earnest until probably 2024 is my guess. Wow. Yeah. So uh, like earlier, I kind of mentioned that this doesn't necessarily nail every single one of the the things that I would like to see or things that I commonly like to see in sci-fi. One of the things that I like to see in sci-fi is a lot of like color, color. If you have a lot of colorful stuff Mm -hmm. and this one, like uh, Dennis Villeneuve seems to like the sepia tones, right? He likes to make uh, every scene give it a color or a couple of colors and then just kind of like spread that throughout the whole thing. But like he, he makes everything look so iconic and so majestic that I think it really works. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is like all the, the structures are kind of basic and huge and it makes sense because they're like, most of this stuff takes place in palaces. uh, But also they go to like a, a, I think in, environmental outpost or something and that also looks there and i think that was a little bit off it's like everything kind of has this this uh a look to it and you have different things for the house of trades and you have a different thing for the harkonnen the harkonnen look a little bit uh off but like everything is kind of samey in a way mm-hmm. but i think he nails that that samey look he does it really well and obviously has a lot of care for it um but I don't really, I really don't know what it is that grabs me about it. I think it's that it's iconic and majestic and that like, yeah. he, he nails that. And also like the, uh, like put so much focus in it. There's a lot of utilitarian, uh, like designs, utilitarian, sorry, designs to it that like everything functions. It seems like he's really looked up, uh, how this would work. Even the still suits, everything is like custom design fits perfectly everyone, which you wouldn't really expect from these you know, things that come out of a backpack that they just find on the ground. So he adds these like straps that like every time they're, they're getting into their suit, they're kind of like tightening everything up. So it kind of seems like it would make sense that you get a suit from a backpack and it could fit either Jason Momoa or it could fit Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are good points. So, yeah. yeah they like both that. have similar size muscles. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that's very well said. I think it, it like, there's a lot of attention and detail, paid to this to this story and movie um you know obviously like the big the big battle scene happens at night so a lot of the like cgi'd spaceships and stuff like that you don't really see because you know it's taking place at night so i think like again like some some movies do that to kind of save on cgi i feel like that was probably the better decision in this i mean like obviously for the story as well but um maybe not seeing everything kind of play out during the day maybe benefited in this movie versus other movies where it's just like okay this feels like a cgi it's, cop out and it's not like the um i thought like the the carriers for the the spice uh machines yeah. were really cool that like shoot the cables down and then shoot up the balloons but i thought all that stuff looked really good too i, I guess the, it just makes sense that you would have your your surprise coup at night yeah the sandworms but, um, also look it all looks too. great in my opinion i thought the sandworms look really cool yeah, yeah i, I the... do prefer there's like the older versions have like kind of like a three beaked kind of a look. And this one's just more of like a lychee kind of like, t- like hundreds of teeth. I didn't, I, I liked it, but I didn't, I feel like I kind of like the design of like more of like a, an outer mouth. The, the, the new version of the Sarlacc pit version. Yeah, that's right. Like. That's right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Do you guys have anything more you want to touch on about Dune before we head out? I'm, I'm excited to see 
what they do with the sequel because mm-hmm. the second half of the David Lynch movie, I thought like kind of shit the bed and that like they have this big battle that plays out, but like they get these voice cannons essentially where they say a word and then it shoots uh, like a sonic blast at, at other people. And they spend about 20 minutes uh, where they just like speak into these guns, a single phrase and then it cuts to something getting hit by it. And then they go back to the person speaking the phrase, cut to somebody, 20 minutes of this. Mm-hmm. It's like basically five seconds that you're watching for 20 minutes. And it gets very obnoxious. So I, I, I think that uh, they're going to handle it better in this one. Cool. Uh, and I think there's going to be some interesting stuff coming up that they already hinted at with the, the lady who grabs the hooks and uh, stands as the sandworm is coming at her. Mm-hmm. when she gets taken down so they're, they're, they're kind of hinted at some cool stuff coming up yeah oh yes yeah 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 uh robert any uh anything else you want to say before we head out no i i mean i would just say catch it on yeah either if you're comfortable going to the theater go and see that or catch it on hbo while it's still uh readily available because it's um yeah a lot of like love uh put into this yeah. for sure and it's like taking itself pretty seriously but that's not a bad thing it's kind of refreshing to have like another a reboot of this sci-fi, you know, beloved book series and sci-fi series and uh, kind of see it all coming out so beautifully. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be on HBO Max until like maybe mid or late this month. And then they the cycle seems to be that it'll be back on HBO Max in like late January, sometime in February or something. But so see it while you can. And if you miss it, then catch it then. But yeah, good time. So anyways, that's it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah.